Hello, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we're your Queen Bees. Today, I was talking about this podcast with someone, and they asked me who the Queen Bee was. And I was we like, both we're are. both the Queen That's Bees. That's the point. Yeah. And this person was like, oh, I guess, like, so you're in, like, different hives, maybe? I was like, no, we can be, women can both be the stars. <laughs> also, also, like, you know what? I've watched a lot of Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. and I just, I push back against the idea that there has to be yeah. one queen bee. We can be co-queen bees. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we've talked about this idea before where it's like both of us very much like attention and like to be the star of things, but we're very happy for each other when the other one gets attention. Right. We're like Harry and Ron. Well, <laughs> well really, we're like Ron's, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Except in Goblet of Fire. <laughs> it's not like them at all. Yeah. We're like Hermione's. She shines in her yeah. own right, but is like always happy for Harry and never jealous. Yeah. I mean, we're like Ron when Harry gets Quidditch captain. Yeah. Yeah. That would be true. We're the opposite of Ron when Harry gets Triwizard champion. Yeah. And the opposite of Harry when Ron gets to be prefect. prefect. Yes, I hate that part. Um, yeah, but I I really do think though that the more like I am in the workplace and everything, I think it's so incredibly important to support your fellow female colleagues and mm-hmm. like not only with like dumb things like sometimes. Um, like my coworker, coworker will send like an email to staff being like, oh, like I noticed the catalog came in. It looks really great. Like, nice. so it's like the whole staff season, like I got recognized or whatever, mm-hmm. or I don't That's know. the kind of thing though, that women tend to do that men don't think to do that make that, um, now I got trapped in my own sudden structure and I don't know how to end it. It's the, the kind of thing that women do that, that makes women better leaders, Right. Because we're encouraging and collaborative and, well, most women are encouraging and collaborative. I don't want to make broad generalizations. But, like, most women are very good at, like, team-oriented things and, like, leading by example and things like that. I also think that women have much less ego in the game. And so a lot of times, like, we're more willing to backtrack on something that isn't working. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think sometimes men just barrel ahead because they liked their idea. Yes. And I think women have more, tend to have more empathy than men sometimes. Yes. And so it's like they're better able to understand, like, okay, this person needs this in order to work well. And this person needs this. Um, like I will say in my job, um, not all the time, but I tend to work the best when it's like me and a woman collaborating as opposed to like, I always feel like, cause I have this like weird role in my job where it's like, I'm kind of in charge, but at the same time I'm not in charge right? because it's like, it's not, I'm going into school. So it's like, I'm a stranger, but at the same time, it's like my technology. Oh my God, I love your jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Oh, thank you. It's not a jumpsuit. It's just um, a flower top and flower pants. I love that I it. wore together. Thank you. They're not, they're not the same pattern? <laughs> nope. Wow. They're both red flowers though. Wow. I love it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like I, I can always feel that the, a lot of times like when I work with men in my job, they like want to be in charge mm-hmm. or like they want to 
like the little bit of authority that I have, they're like, we could probably just do that part. I will say that I have... But not all the time. Right. Well, I will say <laughs> I have a really, really good relationship um, with one of the men in my office. And I just feel like he is like a perfect example of what men should be in the workplace. <laughs> um, like we do a lot of travel together. Like we like go out to dinner together and stuff. And like he has never, ever once even seemed an inch creepy, mm-hmm. which like is frankly hard to do these days yeah that's Um, true anyway like i just feel like he should do a seminar on like how to be a supportive man in the workplace Mm -hmm. and just like normal just be normal yeah i do i have worked in a lot of primarily female work environments with like a man or two sprinkled in and i feel like those tend to be the best men because it's like they have to work with women so it's like i work the best with elementary school like men like Mm. when like men are working in elementary schools because a lot of because they're surrounded by women right and so it's like they start to learn how women work i think right well and i also think i mean my industry is also very female dominated um like we i think have right now two men in my office Mm -hmm. and out of 10 people yeah when i was working on a campaign it was all women there's one guy who was my boss but who was also a delight right yeah, I loved him. Yeah. He was so sweet. He actually just sent me a LinkedIn message and said, you know, congratulations on your new position. I hope all is well. It's so like nice. Part. Yeah, so. Um, but anyway, all this to say, you Girls don't have to... Girls rule and boys drool. <laughs> well, all this to say, don't put other women down mm-hmm. so that you can shine because that's basically doing nothing good for the gender in general. Mm-hmm. Like, try to remember that somebody's light does not need to be dimmed for you to shine bright. Right. Sandra Bullock actually said something similar to that on the red carpet at the Oscars. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Because someone was asking her, you know, they're making that Ocean's 8, which is basically like a remake of Ocean's 11, but with all women. Oh. So it's like a heist movie. Which, okay, I'll say my opinion about reboots with females in a in a second like Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. okay um but she like they were asking her about it and she was like yeah it was super great like I feel like yeah she's like the lead okay she plays so like the idea is that she plays um George Clooney's like sister okay um um (laughs) but she was like I feel like people spread this idea or this narrative that women are really catty and don't get along with each other and that's and she's like but I think that that's just what studios spread because they just don't want us to start realizing like hey it would be a lot better if we work together because then when we work together we tell our stories and right we realize, or be like, wait how much are you making wait what yeah. <laughs> oh wait Harvey Weinstein did that to you too oh huh I wonder yeah. if he did it to hundreds of women <laughs> Oh, God. Um, but, okay, so my my opinion about reboots, all-female reboots, is obviously I love a movie with a, with a female cast with more than one woman in it that's passing the Bechdel test, all that stuff. But I don't need a female Ocean's Eleven. I would rather have a new story with all women that doesn't then have to live up to and mm. constantly because I think with. right I think it puts like a lot of unfair pressure on these movies like the female Ghostbusters 
or the Ghostbusters reboot where it was like all these weirdos were so critical of it just because it was all women. And I would just so much rather, I mean, that movie's fine, but I would just rather have like a new story. Big surprise. Never Like rather than having a Jane Bond, I would rather have Atomic Blonde, which is that movie with Charlize Theron that everyone was like, this is really fucking cool. And it's a similar idea. Got it. But I just think that that puts such pressure on like the female characters in the movie and it's really unfair and it's also just basically saying like oh yeah we know it works with men so like we can try it with women now and it probably won't be as good yeah and everyone's gonna shit on it right and then we'll use that as another excuse why we don't make more movies with more women in them yeah so well (laughs) um my uh, my own political corner. I mm. wanted to bring up um, Stormy Daniels and the systematic silencing oh. of women. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, which wait, I'm sorry. Did you see 60 Minutes about that? No. Her interview with Anderson Cooper. No. I've never seen regret dawn on someone on like who? it did over Anderson Cooper. What happened? Well, so like she's giving her interview, and like I think Anderson maybe thought it was going to go a different way. Okay. Um, but Stormy's like very like, yeah. We had sex and I spanked him with a magazine. And Anderson oh. Cooper was like, oh, hmm. did you? I mean, <laughs> the answer is yes, she did. Um, but I think I listened to a podcast <clears throat> about like this whole like non-disclosure agreement stuff. That and stuff it, is bullshit. And it's, well, it's really interesting though. So I don't think it was Stormy Daniels, but it was the other um woman that he slept with at the Playboy Mansion. I f- don't remember her name. Mm. But so she also had a non-disclosure agreement. But that one was um from uh what's that um trashy tabloid? Uh Star Magazine. No, not that one. Us Weekly. No. Okay Magazine. No. The National Enquirer. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> Hit me. Yep. Um, the National Enquirer basically bought her story and then gave her a non-disclosure agreement so she couldn't sell it to anybody else. But oh, then they killed the story. Oh. And so, like, it never got out anywhere, but she couldn't tell it to anybody else because they technically owned the story. And, um, like, basically what happens is that they buy the story from her and then they are paid off by Donald Trump. The National Enquirer basically will get a bigger payout from him. It's gross. That's gross. It's very gross. Um, And anyway, all this to say, Stormy, you keep telling your story. And frankly, I guarantee you that even if you get sued because of the non-disclosure agreement, your tell-all book will make you all the money back. Well, she might not be able to be sued for the non-disclosure agreement because Donald Trump never signed it. Well, also, Michael Cohen like broached the topic of the non-disclosure agreement, which technically I think makes it so that she now is allowed. Yeah, I think it it Mm. might be null. I mean, I think it's it's more complicated than that, but I think that you can certainly argue in court that yeah, Stormy Daniels' lawyer man is ready for that argument. He what looked like he was waiting his whole life to be on sixty minutes and talking about a porn star's non-disclosure agreement. Like, I've never seen someone with such intensity. He was like, listen, it's not, it's null and void. He didn't sign it. It's just, it is what it is. All right? Anderson. Anderson Cooper was like, please stop. (laughs) Please chill. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I just, anyway. The whole, also, so it, like, she makes it very clear she doesn't want to be a part of the Me Too movement because she's like, I'm not a victim. I don't want to take away from that. 
But it's interesting to me, her story behind, like, how they had the encounter was basically, like, I went back to his hotel room with him, and we were, like, hanging out, and I spanked him with a magazine, and then he was, like, kind of different. He was saying, like, you should be on The Next Celebrity Apprentice, and she went to use the restroom, she came back, and he was, like, naked, and she was, like, okay, I've gotten myself into this, like, this is what I basically, you know, I asked for it, so, like, let's just get it over with so I can leave. Right. And I feel like we, again, need to combat that narrative. Then that's not, like, you can just leave the room. Like, I mean, but if you are in her industry, I'm sure that that is kind of what she's been conditioned to think. Well, like, I think get women, it over women with in and... general, I think, have been conditioned <clears throat> to think that. Because I think sometimes it's easier to just go through with it. Yeah. Than I think that's to, what she thought. Than to have a confrontation. Right. Well, because you don't know what that confrontation will be. I think that's why, like... That's what a lot of men don't realize is that it's not that women are weaker or, like, don't want to stand up for themselves in some situations. It's that we generally are physically weaker than the person that maybe is making us feel uncomfortable. And so we don't know what their reaction is going to be to us saying, like, no, I want to leave. So, like, obviously there's always the choice to leave, but in the back of your mind you might be like, what is this person going to do to make my life harder, either physically or even, you know, for Stormy, maybe professionally? Right. And I think it's like why I don't yell fuck you at catcallers like I want because I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do. No, you don't know that they're not going to pull a gun out and shoot you in the head. Or like follow me or something. Right. Well, and it also is like a natural, like there are basically three responses Mm -hmm. to like, trauma like one or like to like an incoming trauma like one is to fight one is to flee and then the other is to freeze freeze. and so like a lot of times women will be like well I didn't leave or you know or men also it's like well I didn't leave the situation and so like that's my fault but like honestly like the most likely thing is that your brain literally just told you to freeze and then to not Mm -hmm. leave the situation and that's like not actually something that was under their control it's something that was like part of your reptilian brain trying to protect you and save you pain yeah and I mean you should trust your gut because there's something called like the um the gift of fear I think is the book maybe Mm. um one of my sorority sister's police officer dads told us all to read it he like came and did there was like a little spat of like on-campus crime and he did like this long presentation for us of like how we should all be keeping ourselves safe and like how we all need to get really good locks for our doors and like all this he was the sweetest man okay but like see this is what cops should be like yeah is the thing Mm -hmm. like this is this is the attitude that cops should take the attitude that cops should take should not ever be well were you drinking right you know like God bless. I mean, he was also really, he was like very prototypical cop where it was like no nonsense of like, he was like, ladies, you need to fight as hard as you can not to get taken in that car because if they get you in that car, they're going to kill you. We were all like, oh, what? He's like, it is what it is. Good advice. You'll die. Scream. And then somebody was like, you know, sometimes like I know that they say like don't talk on your cell phone when you're walking alone at night, but like sometimes I do that. So it's like if I'm attacked, someone knows, and he's like, your boyfriend doesn't want to hear you get raped. We were like, Whoa. <laughs> see, and I he was feel- like it's happened. 
I feel safer talking on the phone, though, because then at least somebody knows I'm in danger. Right. But he was saying, don't do that because you are a little less aware. And, like, frankly, that person will just end up hearing you get hurt and maybe be too traumatized to immediately do something about it. You could instead use your phone as a weapon. Like, hit him in the face yeah, or because if you hold your phone, like, out in your hand, like, it's big enough, it has a big enough surface area that if you, like, slam somebody in the face with it, it would, like, hurt them. Yeah. Well, I do carry pepper spray. I usually carry my keys between my knuckles. So if I punch someone, I would stab them. In the eye. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at in terms of (laughs) (laughs) self-defense. So, yeah, anyway, that was um, Stormy Daniels' corner. Mm -hmm. Well, and also speaking of what you said of um, that's how cops should be or, like, of the not being, like, were you drinking? I saw this post on Facebook the other day that said something like, Saying stuff like, you know, oh, like, how were you dressed or whatever Ugh. is basically saying, or, like, teaching girls those preventative tactics is basically, like, saying, like, make sure that you're not the one who deserves it more than the other girl. Because they're always, it's like saying there's another girl, make sure, like, there's another girl out there who deserves it more than you. Because it's like, if a guy's out there, there's always going to be a girl who's less sober, who's, like skirt is shorter or whatever and so like that's not the right like we should want all women to be safe rather than just well and it also you. should not be on the impetus on the women no, it absolutely should be the not. impetus on the men to not rape people right exactly um but it's like and, especially and actually, insidious and, when and, you and also not to genderize rape i mean men <clears throat> also get raped but yeah. i just think that narrative is told much mm-hmm. more often to women than to men yeah for sure. Um, so now that we've had that, um, let us talk about beloved children's book, A Wrinkle in Time. Wait, can I open my birthday present? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm opening my birthday present on air. Okay. Okay. So when you hear the rustling, it's, it's because of tissue paper. Yes. It's in a beautiful yellow. This is a really nice bag. Thank you. I got it at Paper Source. Okay. Everyone's like, so there's something, me. there are two things in there. Okay. Okay, I'm just gonna reach in and pull it out. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. It smells beautiful. It's a beautiful pink patty box candle, rosy posy flavored. Mm-hmm. Okay, going. So I, the idea behind these gifts, um, is. Okay, well let me open the other one. Okay. Also, this is the packaging from the Etsy store, so, like, some sort of, like, receipt falls out. I need to, like, be ready to quickly snatch it. No, I don't think there's one. Looks like there's a sticker. Oh, my gosh, is this a vagina? It's a uterus. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I love it. It's a uterus pin. Oh, my God, I love this so much. Okay, it's a uterus pin, and the the ovaries are flowers, Mm -hmm. and the vagina is um, stalks, like, little, like... I don't know. What would you call those? Stems. Stems. Mm-hmm. Little stems. Anyway, I'll, I'll post a picture of it. But, oh my god, I love this. So it might not seem like it, but I wanted to get you gifts that would be good for law school. And my rationale was... <laughs> How is this not good for law school? This is great um, for law school. It's a candle for relaxation. Yes. And then a pin so you, one, don't forget your grad school roots of... <laughs> of, of menstruation. Yes, exactly. And, like, always remember powerful womanhood 
Oh my god, I love this so much. I found that by Googling feminist gifts. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed Gift Corner. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I love it so much. The other pin that I have is a Nancy Drew pin. Perfect. So like, I feel like this is like, Mm -hmm. those are basically who I am in one lapel. And I thought I would get you a small candle because I knew like since you do share your home with your husband, Brendan, I I couldn't get you something. I didn't feel like I should get you something like large I'm also moving so it's <laughs> like you know but yeah I'm gonna put it next to my um kiss me and you will know how important I am it like kind Perfect. of goes color wise yes. with that which is a Sylvia Plath quote I like it which when I finally when we do I mean I'm gonna get a bulletin board Ooh, and put that on there like yeah um anyway thank you you're welcome so nice <laughs> um yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about a beloved children's book, mm. A Wrinkle in Time. Had you read this as a kid? Yes. Loved it as a kid. Me too. It's actually, um, I remembered literally not one word of it. None of it seemed familiar. The only thing that was familiar to me was the kids bouncing the balls. And I thought that happened at like the very end of the book. Like I thought they went okay. to multiple planets in my memory. I thought they went well, they to- Well, they go to two, right? Yeah. But I thought they went to a bunch before they got to that one. Did you read multiple books in the series? No, but Quentin did. Because this is one of Quentin's, like, all-time favorite books. Oh, great. Yeah. So, also, happy belated birthday to him. When's his birthday? March 23rd. Oh, my gosh. We're, like, a couple of Aries twins almost. Mm -hmm. Wait, what day is Marshall's birthday? March 25th. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a week for you. I know. There's lots of birthdays going on. Um, Yeah. So, I think... I think I did read three of them mm-hmm. I have no recollection though I read them definitely in my old house so it means I read it before I was 11 mm-hmm. I have a feeling I was in like the third grade yeah um but um I texted my friends Lauren and Olivia that I was reading this for the podcast and Lauren wrote back all I remember of that book is a wisp of weirdness <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that sounds about right yeah um I remember, like, the cover of the one that I had, I liked much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it you... Was it was blue. Yeah, it was, like, a bluish. It mm-hmm. just... I don't know. I don't like this one as much. And I will say, like, I had to go through to, like, the children's section of the store because they had, like, a table of Wrinkle in Times, but they were all the movie cover version, and I didn't want that. No. Do you have the same version as me? Yes. Yeah. Um, but... I will say, like, looking at the Newbery Award winner, it, that's where it was. Mm-hmm. Like, there were just so many goodies. Like, Island of the Blue Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. Um, the Giver. Oh, great one. Classic. Love The Giver. Yeah. Um, that's Those are the ones I remember that I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't... There I, are other ones, though. I don't feel like I know the Newbery winners as well as I know the Caldecott winners. What, one, what are those? The Caldecott ones are, like... Those are, like, picture books. So oh. it's, like, um, I think Make Way for Ducklings was a cult Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and, like, Google other The Polar Warners. Express. Okay. Uh, it's know. mostly for illustrations, I think. It ends up being, like, children's books with, like, really, really good illustrations, I think, tend to win the Newbery. Did you watch Or the, the Coldicott Medal. Did you watch the creepy um, Polar yes. Express with Tom Hanks mm-hmm. as, like, a, like, half, like uncanny valley man yeah yeah didn't like that 
I mean, I like it. Like, there are moments that I really like. It makes me very sad when the kid, the poor boy, um, is like, Santa never comes to my house and sings a really sad song about it. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember just being like... But then they all get hot chocolate and it's pretty nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember being kind of creeped out by that book. Um, What was your, like, favorite children's book like or I guess I guess what is this middle grade yeah this would be middle grade I think or like chapter book um I was a big fan of Ella Enchanted when I was that was my friend Olivia's favorite book I really loved Ella Enchanted um I obviously was a Magic Treehouse reader yep Um, but this is much harder than Magic Treehouse oh yeah I mean Magic Treehouse I started reading when I was in like the first grade so yeah. my dad was like, it's time for chapter books. I was like, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I really liked um, Sharon Creech when I was younger. She wrote, like, Walk to oh, Moons. Oh, Walk to Moons. That and book then, stuck with me, mm-hmm. like, to this day. I couldn't day. tell you, like, what that book is about. But she also wrote another one that I remember really, really loving. And I would, like, constantly go to the library and check to see if she'd written more books. And she hadn't. It was like the Mia Hamm biography all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I just, what I remember from Walk Two Moons is that her mother has the stillbirth, and it's, like, really traumatic. And, like, I just remember being, we read that in sixth grade, and being like, whoa. Yeah, I'll tell you what book I hated in the sixth grade. What? Julie of the Wolves. Have I you ever read that? No. What's that one? Um, It's about... A girl who I think she lived in Alaska and basically they marry her when she's like 15 or something they ever get married to this other boy in town it's like an arranged marriage and it's like not supposed to mean anything until they're older but like he's like no like we're married like so we should be as man and wife and she's like what like have sex yeah yeah and they do and then basically she just like runs away um, and lives with the wolves for a while because she's, like, looking for her dad. Ah. And then she, like, finds the people at the end. But she, like, one of the wolves is shot and killed by a hunter in a helicopter. What? And <laughs> I'm explaining this so bad. But this is just what I remember from it. Um, and she, like, after that, she, like, finds the village where her dad lives and but she's been like living with the wolves for so long like she feels like more like one of them than the people and so she goes back to live with the wolves and i was like no you should live with the people i remember reading some book in the sixth grade that was about a little boy who like went and lived in the woods Mm -hmm. but it was not um the one with chris mccandless Oh, Into the Wild? Wasn't that one. Different one. Very sad. But, yeah. God. Maybe... Oh, it was the other book you were by Sharon Creech, The Wanderer? No. Okay. Well, that, I don't think that so. was an honor. It won the Newbery Award. In, Walk Two Moons won the Newbery Award in 1995, and The Wanderer was an honored one in 2001. Hmm. I mean, it could have been, and I just have no memory of the title, but that doesn't sound familiar. The Tale of Despero. I remember that one. I remember that. I never read it. I think I did read that. It's about a mouse. Mm-hmm. 
He likes sword fights, doesn't he? I think. Oh, that was one thing. I loved the Red Wall series. <laughs> so speaking of mice and swords, mm. um, I read like all 30 of those <laughs> in, in middle school. Um, and like obviously Harry Potter mm. was, you know, the biggest influence. I also probably. remember reading those books um, like Super Fudge and oh, what were those called? There was Super Fudge was one of them, and then that was, like, the third one, though. Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, I think, was the first one. Is this the Sideways Schools book? Remember those? No. I but like I was substitute teaching at a school where they were reading those. What are those called? Sideways, Sideways Stories? School. Wayside School. Way, Wayside, Wayside School. school. Yeah. I liked the, those. Those were cool in uh, elementary school. Um... I was a big Raw Doll fan. Oh, I was early on. Really? Mm-mm. I loved the BFG. I would always kind of look at those and feel like I should read them, and then just be like, meh, maybe some other time. They were kind of dark. Yeah, um, I wasn't really into like. I don't think I ever liked the covers. I thought they were like weirdly illustrated, and so I just didn't want to read them. <laughs> they did have some. The the illustration style was kind of probably not your style I mean frankly it wasn't really my style either but we had been read several of them like in read aloud time Mm -hmm. and so um I knew that I liked them Mm -hmm. I remember getting one of my Christmas stocking one year called the witches so um also did you ever read where the red fern grows Mm -mm. oh my god saddest book you've ever read in your life there was one what was that one book it had, like, it was basically, like, a young girl in, like, a pioneer camp is kidnapped by Native Americans. Wow, that sounds inappropriate. I know. And, but, like, she becomes, like, one of them. And they call her, like, corn silk, corn husk or something because her hair looks like, because she's blonde, so it looks like Sa- corn silk. It's ringing a bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. It was the longest book. But it was, like, my fourth grade teacher read it to us every day, and we'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, Good stuff. I don't know. Other other books that I loved were um, Little House on the Prairie. Mm. I loved Little House on the Prairie. I also had um, Felicity, the American Girl doll, who had like clothes that you could buy that were like her twin clothes. Oh sure. And she was like <laughs> the Pilgrim one, which like not quite the same I time. She period. was like revolutionary. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. she was Revolutionary War. So she wasn't, like, quite the same time period as Laura enough, Ingalls though. Wilder, but, like, similar style. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't believe you had a Felicity doll. I would never have pegged you for a Felicity okay, doll. Okay, I had multiple. The My main doll, the one that, like, I connect most Samantha. with. Samantha. No. Really? Molly. Oh. I had glasses. Oh. For, my, for like, my whole true. life. Yeah. And so Molly was the first one I ever had. And Molly, like, actually, like, I mean, this is going off on a tangent, but so when I was in New York, I guess, what was that, two weekends ago, um, we walked into the American store, uh, American Girl doll store, which, like, it's been a dream of mine yeah. to go to the American Girl doll store literally since I was a child. Yeah. And when I was a child, I guess when we were children, we're, like, the same age, we're but the same age. Um, <laughs> at that time, there was only an American Girl store in Chicago, and so, like, I've even... there. 
okay, well, I had not been there. So even though we had been to New York when I was in the first grade, like, I didn't have a chance to go to the American Girl Style because it doesn't exist yet. Okay. And so, anyway, at this point now, Mattel has bought American Girl, and they have trashed it. Like, the clothes look cheap. The dolls are no cheaper. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, we've made them for the people. It's like, no, like, they are still extremely expensive, and they Mm -hmm. are made with bad materials. Yeah. They're super mass-produced, and they look terrible. Do they still send out those nice catalogs? I don't know. I loved those catalogs, That you could just dream forever. And circle everything in. Oh, God. Um, but... Yeah, I was like, I was like, frankly, really heartbroken. Also, they have discontinued Molly, and she's the only one who they have not brought back. I'm like, fuck you guys. Horrible. Um, I had Josephina. Really, I would not have pegged you as a Josephina. Really, I liked her Christmas outfit a lot. I would have pegged you maybe as Kit. I also had a Kit doll. Okay, I had a Kit doll too. So, but Kit wasn't available when I got. Yeah, me too. Um, Kit was not available when I first got um Josephina. Okay, but. Yeah, so I had Josephina and Kit, and then Rachel had Samantha, Lauren had... Um, Savannah had Samantha. Kirsten, um, the one with the braids. Yeah, yeah. And then they also had a Kit doll. I remember when Kit came on the scene, it was like, you had to have her. I think... So I think all three of us had a Kit doll. I'm pretty sure. Like, <laughs> when like, Kit we, came we out, I think her. all of us had her. Um, <laughs> she was Depression era, and we wanted her. <laughs> she had a cute haircut. She did. She did. And, um... She was also made better than my Josephina doll. I'm, like, not kidding when I tell you I had to send Josephina to the doll hospital a bunch of times to get her legs <laughs> fixed. <laughs> Which my parents will say is my fault for being too rough with my toys. But one time I swear I just dropped her and her leg fell off. So, I was like... So, Mary-Kate had... Um, it was a look-alike doll. Oh. Um, I was so, never interested in those. Yeah. So, Mary-Kate had a look-alike doll who she named Kate. She's like, I'm like, Mary Kate, like, can you be a little more creative? So she brought her to New York with us. Um, and Kate like, didn't really like me that much. And so like, she was like pretty mean to me. And so Mary Kate would like whisper with her. And like we, the whole reason like Kate came on the trip is because she had to go to the American Girl Doll Hospital because <laughs> one of her eyes wouldn't stop <laughs> winking. And so like, she basically was in a constant wink. <laughs> And it was, like, oh, just creepy awesome. as hell. And um, Mary Kate goes, you know, like, sorry, Kate doesn't really want to eat here. Or, like, Kate doesn't really want to sit next to you, Sherilyn. Can you sit in a different seat? <laughs> like, it was just, like, I was, like, F Kate. Like, let's get <laughs> rid of her. her. <laughs> yeah. But, like, of course, like, you know, this was back in the day when American Girl was good. Mm-hmm. Mary Kate sent her to the doll-, doll hospital. She comes back in a friggin', like, hospital gown yep. with a hospital bracelet with yep. a balloon and a yep. teddy bear. Yep, that's how Josephina came back. <sighs> All three times. Like, too bad I took good care of my dolls, so I never got that stuff. Yeah. Should have been rougher. I should have. Well, I was definitely bad with their hair. Like, I was terrible at styling their hair. Yeah. I mean, once you took it out of the original styling, it was really all over. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point of this is to say that I would dress up in the colonial, um... Oh, right. The colonial uh, Felicity nightgown and read, like, the Laura Ingalls Wilder book and, like, just thought I was very, like, authentic. <laughs> Don't let me forget to show you this article on Betches that is, um, the article is the Betchiest American Girl Dolls, and it's basically, like, breaking up. Which one is the Betchiest? Samantha? Samantha. Yeah. Um, the article is one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life about, it, especially because it's about American Girl Dolls. 
Um, I'm pretty sure what it says about Molly is like, look at this girl. She is a narc. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I like read the American Girl Doll book that went with Molly. Yeah. Like, I I used to read the Josefina books. Loved it. It She was just in New Mexico. Like, what an era, though. You know, like, like, our children aren't going to have toys like that. That were made with thoughtfulness. Like, now these are all made in a sweatshop. And it was meant to teach us about different cultures and eras of history. Yes. So Now they're, like, just, like, the hippie one who just does drugs. (laughs) (laughs) They probably have, like, a She comes with her acid tabs. She comes with a heroin needle (laughs) and, like, like, bell bottoms. Um... (laughs) <laughs> they they actually just came out with an astronaut one. I'm like, well, that's nice. <laughs> but couldn't you just get the outfit? I always had it like um, Josephina was very sporty, so she always wore the <laughs> soccer costume that I had. And oh yeah, it was a cheerleader. Oh yeah, that makes um, sense. She was blonde. <laughs> um, she had a spunky haircut. She did. Um, so that was like they you know sometimes they fought because yeah. you know well they've changed all their outfits now so they have like re they've like now reissued all of the old dolls except molly because <laughs> who wants a doll with glasses am i right because <laughs> now all the children I'm just have lasix molly isn't <laughs> i'm surprised that molly isn't more popular though because it's like she was the world she's war the only two one with glasses okay there's that <laughs> and then she was the world war ii era doll which i feel like is a very fetishized moment in our history yeah but the, it's not like the fun part of it though yeah, like they're she's like, like she's like litter. she's like also like knitting like she's like knitting socks she's for the soldiers best. those girls worked hard to do things for their families and she's also like just learning her multiplication tables like it's just like <laughs> i mean maybe she is a boring one she doesn't want to eat her turnips so yeah. her so she puts sugar on them which like i tried that don't try it at home kids it's not a good solution yeah um but yeah, anyway, it, it, it did, like, honestly kind of wound me that they brought every doll back except for Molly. How could they? She was a cute doll. I think it's because she has glasses and no one wants a doll with glasses. Terrible. I know. They're horrible people. Um, but yeah, I literally looked, as a child, I looked exactly like a Molly doll. Now that I'm thinking back to the childhood pictures of you I have seen, you did look like a Molly doll. I did. I really did. <laughs> Yeah, um, but anyway, so that, like, it, like, honestly, like, affected my mood for the rest of that day, (laughs) leaving there, like, I was, like, genuinely disappointed, and, like, sent, like, a bunch of, like, pretty angry texts (laughs) to various people about, like, how could they do this? I remember I was a flower girl in my cousin Rachel's wedding, so a different cousin named Rachel, obviously. Yeah, she wasn't, like, six years old when she got married. (laughs) Um, I was a flower She wasn't girl. the girl in the wolf book. Right. <laughs> um, and so the wedding was in Chicago. And so my mom and I had to go early to go to the bridal shower. And also because my mom was like, all right, since it's in Chicago, we'll go to the American Girl oh, store. What a in treat. Chicago. And Did you I get to remember, go to tea there? Uh, I honestly don't remember being at the store at all. I remember going, I remember more the train ride that we took there and back because we missed the train going home. And I was like, mom, we're going to be lost in the city. And she was like, we are not. Like, I can get us home. And I was like, I don't know. We've never just traveled the two of us before. Oh, my God. Uh, And I was exhausted by the time we got home. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I was very appreciative to have been taken there. Um, that was a fun wedding. That was the wedding where the, um, 
ring bearer, I did not know him. He was in the groom's family. Mm. And he came up to me at the reception while I was sitting next to my dad and said, Audria, would you like to dance with me? And I said, my feet hurt. Good for you. And then I made us leave the wedding because I was afraid he was going to ask again. Yeah. I will say that my mom, one shortcoming, which you know, you don't have many mom, was that she told me that if a boy asked me to dance, I had to say yes. I will <laughs> I will not be imparting that lesson on my daughter because you don't have to say yes. You can say no, especially to freak dancing. <laughs> that's not an, that's, they don't even ask. They just come up behind <laughs> you and start gyrating. That's not an, an invitation. Yeah, you can say no. You that. can say no and you can just walk away. Yeah, you can say that's, that's not appreciated. No, thank you. I feel like there was another story about that I was going to tell. No, I don't remember. Sorry. No, it's fine. My yeah. freak dancing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. But um, <laughs> this is like a 50-minute American, <laughs> American Girl doll I mean, corner. it becomes a childhood episode. <laughs> yeah. Well. But I think A Wrinkle in Time has a lot of great lessons for a child. I want... I would and read that, this to my daughter. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think... One of the things I, and this is how this book is a little different. I mean, like, it's definitely timeless, but it's different from Harry Potter in that I felt like, oh, I may be too old to read this book when I was reading it now. So, And I think it's because I didn't remember it from when I was younger. Like, I didn't really remember a lot of the plot points. And so I was like, yeah, this book is probably for kids. But I think it's adults who, like, I would enjoy it if I was reading it to a child because I would yeah. be seeing, like, the little, like, lessons it's imparting onto children that I probably wouldn't have been aware of as a kid. I would just been like, oh, this is cool. See, I so I had the reaction reading it of, like, how on earth are kids reading this? Because, like, they have so many complex, like, Shakespeare quotes in there and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. kids are just skipping this. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, Madeline, like, what do you think? Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess. I love her name, Madeline Langle. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, but I thought, like, I, like, there were things, too, like, about, like, time and space that I'm like, I don't really get this. And so I'm like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, third graders did not get this. But I guess my question is, is, like, what is the age group this is going to? Because it's written like a wide world notebook, but, like, (laughs) I'm like, this is still pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, and the language is so rich in it. Yeah. That it's, I think it's definitely middle grade. So, so what like is the middle idea- grade? Middle school? No. I think it's Younger? like I think it's like third through sixth. Okay. And so I think the idea is definitely like like a Harry Potter book where it's like kids don't know all those words. Yeah, well and so I, guess, I guess I guess how like, But I would say like Sorcerer's Stone is different than like Deathly Hallows. Like yeah, I feel for like sure. the books the Harry Potter books grew mm-hmm. as you went forward. Yes. Um, and frankly, book two is pretty scary. Yeah. Book one is like, I think like it's fine. Like mm-hmm. I like, I think like, you know, as a kid, I wasn't afraid. Yeah. Book two, I was pretty afraid of that basilisk. Yeah. Well, I remember like reading it once when I was little and getting to the chapter about the spiders and I couldn't remember. Oh no. I couldn't remember what it was. And so I remember coming downstairs and being like, mom, I'm really scared. Like I finished a chapter and I like should go to bed now, but I forgot what comes next and I'm really scared and my mom was like it's the spiders remember and then they get away and it's all fine I was like okay sweet all right now I can go to bed (laughs) um but I saw when I was substitute teaching I saw a third grader reading the sixth one and I was like that's not for you yet 
No, you don't want... There's, like, kissing and stuff in that one. (laughs) But it's also just, like... I feel like if you... If I read that book as a third grader, I wouldn't have appreciated it. No. Well, I think that's how I felt about this book, though. Like, I don't think that I was old enough to read it when I did. Yeah. I think this is definitely a book you should probably read twice as a kid. But, like, like, maybe... Like, I feel like maybe fifth grade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't... Like, I think third grade is too little. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. If you read it in third grade, you should probably read it again when you're older. Yeah. Which is, I think, what I just did. (laughs) I don't know. I I was impressed. Like, I thought, like, it didn't read to me in, like, an overly prescriptive way, the way that sometimes middle grade can be. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like I was reading a magic treehouse. Right. Or, like, I don't know, what's another middle grade? I don't know. No, I already named all the ones okay. I knew earlier. Well, the ones I remember. I guess like it's Once I, Upon a Marigold. Is I guess the one I remember liking. I don't remember that one. I guess I would characterize this alongside The Giver. Yes. In terms of level. Mm-hmm. And like concepts. Yes. But I like that um, the themes in it are like be different. Yeah. Your faults or strengths. Yes. And also like. The common core is stupid because people will learn in different ways. Like that's yeah, that's a subtle <laughs> message, but yeah, I really like um, that Meg is in the beginning. It's like she's like really frustrated and she's angry, and so it's like she's clearly upset that her father is gone. But there's such a pressure, like especially because this book was written in like 1963. There's this pressure of like everyone, children are supposed to just kind of be the right way and you're just supposed to learn the way that we tell you to and you're supposed to just be pleasant all the time. Like, you know, Sally Draper and Mad Men, but Meg isn't like that. And you see like throughout the course of the book that that ends up becoming a strength and she's not dumb. She just learns in a different way. Right. And so, and like you can compare what they're doing to her at school to that planet that they go to where everybody's supposed to be the same. Kamataz right. or whatever it's called. And so it's like this idea, um, it's like that's obviously an extreme, but she, mm-hmm. I like that Elangle also shows that like Earth is doing that too. And maybe that's part of the darkness that's coming over them. Yeah. I really liked <clears throat> that, um, I mean, it, it's actually pretty impressive that this book was written I just checked. It was 1962, so you're only one year off, but very close. (laughs) Um, And frankly, I didn't even realize that it had been written that long ago. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, honestly kind of impressive that it's teaching that a girl should not be polite. Yeah. And should not just listen and Mm -hmm. be docile. But, like, actually, like, like her anger Mm -hmm. and her, like, kind of attitude are Mm -hmm. actually something that is going to protect her and like that's not that I mean that's not even really a lesson that I learned growing up and I was born in 1992 right and I mean it's basically saying like anger isn't in and of itself wrong like if you have something to be angry about you should be angry right is basically what it's saying it's like let yourself feel what you want to feel and what you need to feel in order to like open yourself back up to being loving but there also are genuinely bad things that you should not submit to. Right. So it's like if you have to be angry and fight and yell yeah. and scream and not listen, right. like that's okay to do mm-hmm. if the thing is bad. Right. Exactly. 
which I, I like, I mean, I'm frankly I like very, very impressed that that lesson is in this book mm-hmm. because I think a lot of, I don't know, I think a lot of girls are conditioned to be quiet and to be... Well, and I think also, and I see this even as I'm in elementary schools now, it's like children are encouraged to get over what they're feeling kind of immediately. And that's mostly so instruction can take place. Right. And so it's like if a child gets upset, a lot of times, um, I mean, a lot of times it's really not for a very good reason. Right. But it's like they're encouraged to kind of immediately get over it so that like people can continue with their day. And like, obviously that makes sense. Like if you're trying to control 24 eight year olds, you can't really be stopping for somebody crying all the time, but it's just nice to have a book that shows you like it's valid to have emotions like across a spectrum and your faults also make you who you are. Right. Well, and I think that feelings are, valid and I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times like that idea of like just do an I feel message and then like it's over sort of and like or like you do an I feel message then you get a response and then you say okay like it's over Mm -hmm. but like that is kind of it's dismissive of the lingering feelings Mm -hmm. of like anger and injustice that like you know certainly there are things that children overreact to and there are things whatever but it's also you should never be dismissive of a child's feelings because to them, like, that feeling is real. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you know, I don't know. I think that we we need to treat children with more, like, regard and respect sometimes than we do. Because I think that there's this idea of, like, we own children or, mm-hmm. like, you know... Or we, they're, we like, know. an accessory. And so it's, like, just, like, do what we want you to do so that... Or not even, but, like, also, like, we just know better than you. Yeah. Which, like, sometimes children actually, like, have things the right way mm-hmm. more than us. <laughs> well, because they're not, like, bogged down with all, like, the bullshit that we are. Right. They're just, like, living their lives and doing what makes sense to them. <laughs> right. And a lot of times when a child is truly upset about something small, it's probably not about that thing. It's maybe right. about something else. Or, like, more the principle of the matter. Like, it's, like, it's not really about the fact that I have to share my toy vacuum. It's about the fact that I'm, like, like my toys are basically, like, considered community property and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not really about the vacuum. It's more about, I don't know. Yeah. I also, the moment where she finds her dad and she's, like, I found my father and he didn't fix everything broke my heart. And it's kind of the idea that phrase is repeated a couple of times. And I feel like that is such a moment. It's such a loss of innocence as a child when you figure out, like, your parents actually, like, can't fix everything because they're people too. Yeah. And it's, like, also... Well, and some things are bigger than adults. I I mean, I think that there's sort of an idea that, like, adults can solve anything. Mm -hmm. And, like, some things, like, for example, death. Yeah. It can't get fixed. Yeah. And so it's, like, the idea of, like, learning that your parent maybe can't actually solve all your problems. And, like, especially when you believe, like, Meg's been holding on to this idea her father is missing. And if he would just come back, everything would be fine. Like, she wouldn't be doing poorly in school anymore. Which I feel like 
that Principal is not empathetic of the fact that her father is missing at all. He's like, just like, why can't you accept he's gone forever? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and and start like basically behaving like, and again. Like, and like keeps alluding to the fact that he like ran off with another woman. Yes. I'm like, this is not appropriate. No. Even if it's true. Speaking of, heart Calvin. I heart Calvin too. I love Calvin. I guess like my one complaint about the Calvin Meg relationship. Mm hmm. Which, like, I think is, like, it's a romance, it's kind sweet. of. It's sweet. It's sweet. But, I mean, I think also, like, this is, I, I think, like, the line between, like, middle grade and YA. Like, they would have a much steamier romance if this was YA. <laughs> Thank God it's not. Because um, Meg is, a, like, what is she, 13? She's 12, Yeah, I, I mean, she's, yeah, she's not, yeah, she's young. Um, I just, I wanted that, to, there to be a little bit more of, like, a warm-up to mm -hmm. there like immediately so shows up and holding he's like, hands I've gotta protect you yeah I feel that I, I like I didn't feel like that was like completely earned I guess no I agree um whereas like I wish that we had seen them at school together mm -hmm. or like had kind of I mean I'm not expecting like Ron and Hermione levels of build up here <laughs> but like I want to see mm -hmm. like I'm like who the heck is this kid I don't, I've never he heard of him he shows up in the woods he shows up in the woods and then like what's the brother's name Charles Wallace. Charles Wallace. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it starts with Charles the C, Wallace. And then my like, brain was like, Calvin, Calvin, <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> Charles Wallace is like, I think we're going to be friends. Let's all be best friends and come on over for dinner because we have a psychic connection. And yeah. Meg is like, yeah, let's hold hands. It's like, <laughs> what? See, that's why I think this book lends itself really well to a film adaptation because I think like there's stuff in the book that because we need to be kind of in Meg's business for this, yeah. it's like, you so easily could show Calvin at school looking at Meg being like, oh, there she is again, getting in trouble. Yeah. But I'm interested. Maybe yeah. I want to help her, but I'm not saying anything right now. <laughs> right. Because I'm with my friends. Right. Um, and so it's like, all I kept thinking was, I feel like the movie would really, like, be expansive and, like, would work in the sense of, like, the book is complete obviously and enough yeah but it's like the movie would really add to the story i think i also just think like there are so many things that are gonna look really cool on screen uh, yeah. from this book i'm like i'm very have you seen the movie yet <laughs> okay me either <clears throat> um yeah i mean i just think um uh calvin reminds me of ron Weasley. Yeah. Mostly because he has red hair. Yeah. I think. Well, and I also... Um, <laughs> and a this, long nose and he's tall. Yeah. I'm like, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, their, like, relationship, Meg and Calvin's, also reminded me of... There was an episode of My Favorite Murder where Karen tells that really lovely story about her family friends. Do you remember this? Where it's, like, her... Um, one of her dad's friends, like, this married couple, the girl... Um, she basically, like, her, like, brother's friend, like, she kind of always had a crush on him, and he was, like, 14, and she was 12. Okay. And, like, the brother was going to throw him in the pool, and he's like, oh, just, like, hang on to my wallet really quick. And oh, she and opens it, and her picture's inside. Yes. And, like, Karen said this thing about, like, your crushes when you're 12 are, like, very innocent crushes yeah. because they're crushes on people who are good people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, my 12-year-old crushes were, like, I mean, Orlando Bloom, but also... Like the people that I knew, it was like oh, what was he's his really name? Nice to me. I will not say. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, my, my fifth grade crush wasn't necessarily someone who was nice to me, but he was exotic. <laughs> and he was um, 
Diego Rivera. Like, Daniel Rivera. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, really? Daniel Rivera was his name. Okay. And he, like, would every so often, like, drop in from Puerto Rico. And we'd all be like, <gasps> and he was, like, beautiful. He had, okay. like, this perfect skin and these little eyelashes. He was cute. But then he was trouble. My um, elementary school crush, Kai Courtright, he had a he had a brown bowl cut. My Perfect. you know we, my weakness for a bowl cut. Mm-hmm. He was the fastest runner. He was also very smart. Good. We were both in like the accelerated group. Sure. And um, he was my boyfriend from second through fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And um, which is actually quite a period for that time. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, third grade, I had two boyfriends, sure. but he was one of them. Um, but I remember in second grade that he basically like told me he was like look like I have a reputation to protect and so like I have to be mean to you in front of my friends but like just know that like it's like it's because I have a crush on you and so he would basically like say mean things to me and then take me aside and like whisper in my mirror like my ear like I don't mean it (laughs) and it was like it was very romantic like I was like I was like all right (laughs) I can play that game it works fine Yeah, and then um, fourth grade, things really escalated. We held hands under the table. Whoa. Um, And at Angel Island, we had a field trip, and we blew kisses at each other. And, like, it was the most dramatic. Like, this this is actually kind of – so we went to this, like, internment camp in Angel Island. Like, it is a, like, really sad place. Yeah. Like, meanwhile, I'm, like, blowing kisses to my boyfriend. <laughs> my friend Lauren Cole is literally having, like, an anxiety attack because the energy is so bad there. Like, like she literally, like, has to be taken outside because she's, like, I just am creeped out by this place. So I'm, like, having a romantic encounter, and she's, like, perfect, throwing up because she's so freaked out. <laughs> Poor Lauren. I know. God bless. She she brings that story up all the time, like me me like clearly unfazed by the um. Inter- like, where are we? Great internment poetry on the wall. I'm like just like kissing my boyfriend through the air. Ugh, God. Um. Anyway, I hope Kai's doing well. You know, we 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 ended up so we went to high school together and we sat next to each other at prom. We were not each other's prom date, but like we talked like the whole prom dinner. We were like. Remember, remember those times, and both, both of our dates were like, "Hey, <laughs> pay attention, pay attention to, me. to me." But yeah, Kai, hope you're listening. <laughs> Maybe I'll follow him on hope the you're Insta. Doing well. oh no, <laughs> no. I mean, I think, I think he would be perfectly fine with these stories mm-hmm. being out in the public. Like, I think those are the kind of crushes that it's like, like I, you know, I really genuinely hope the best for him and hope that he's like doing great no like my 12 year old crushes that earlier i wouldn't say the name they were like um mo's brother's friends so Uh, like a lot older than me but they'd be like because like mo was my neighbor and so they were just like boys that were really nice to me when i was like outside playing basketball and they'd be like hey audrey like how how are you and i'd be like i'm good (laughs) and they'd be like in the musical or like you'd see them, like, on the tennis team, and you'd be like, oh, my God. They're, like, celebrities, and they know my name. My middle school crushes were not sweet. Like, I dated a drug dealer in the sixth grade. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't know, like, he was dealing drugs. Well, like, I didn't know a thing about it. I mean, hey. But, you know, 
Um, it happens. Yeah. So like that was like kind of bad news. Um, that was also in the phase where I wore literally only black. Sure. And paperclip jewelry. Sixth grade was my deep devotion to Orlando Bloom. Yes. Like I mean, I that, had was the, that was the, that was the year. Orlando Bloom and Ashton Kutcher. I kept a word document, um, <laughs> of just photos of him. Good. I remember I'd be like, Mom, <laughs> like, what do you do with that? Print it? No. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to print it on the color printer at school. It would waste a lot of yeah. ink. They were like, absolutely not. Um, I remember being like, Mom, like, if the new J14 is at the supermarket, um, I only J- want it. What is a J14? Oh, my God. You've never gotten a J14? No. Or, like, an M magazine? No. Those were, like, the teen magazines. I had GL. Okay, Girl's Life? Yeah. Okay. And Teen Vogue. Okay, I loved Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue is I liked I Teen, teen People teen better, now. but then oh, they... Oh, no, I liked Teen Vogue. They canceled Teen People, and they started sending me Teen Vogue. Not upset. But J14 was for 14-year-olds, um, <laughs> <laughs> basically. And it, what is like, the J? No idea. Um, but it basically was like, if you could take a brain of a 14-year-old girl and just put the things that she would want in it, which was basically, like, today your J14s would have a million pictures of, like, Harry Styles on them and, like, people I don't even recognize. But I remember being like, Mom, I only want it if there's a picture of Orlando Bloom in there. Otherwise, it's a waste of money. Do you think, like, Timothy Chalamet is in J14 these days? I like, I know. hope. I mean, I hope so. I mean, like, I feel like he's the age group that could be. But he might be into highbrow stuff. Yeah, I feel like 14-year-olds aren't seeing Call Me By Your Name. They should be. Which I just need to address something that I sent you a couple days ago. I follow Army Hammer on Instagram, like mm-hmm. I said, and he's been posting messages <laughs> that he gets from people who are Call Me By Your Name fans that are horrific. They're basically like, we know you love men. We don't like you with your wife. Like, please divorce her and we'll hurt you for hurting Timothy. And he, like, one like, of them... they're acting! I know, one of them, he was like, somebody seems to have trouble separating art from reality. Ugh. But can you imagine just getting those hate-filled messages? But, like, Timothy Chalamet is straight, also. <laughs> so, is he? I I was, I had no idea. I mean, I could definitely see him being like, you know, man, I'm like... It's fluid. fluid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's chill. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially, like, I mean, more and more now, like, the young stars are like... I'm fluid. Yeah. So. Is like, what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't really know, like, who's hot right now in the T4, J14 for world. The, for the kids. Yeah. Well, it used to be, like, all about One Direction, and now that they've broken up, I don't know, really. They also are getting older, though, now, too. It's, yeah. like, sort of, like, I guess, like, who's the new, you know. For the new 14-year-olds, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I mean, it's probably just not something we're hearing Cole about. Cole Sprouse again in Riverdale. He's still probably too old. Maybe. Oh, he's my age, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but like, how old was Orlando Bloom when he was in okay. my J fourteen? <laughs> no, he was like forty. <laughs> he was but... too old. I remember he was dating <laughs> Kate Bosworth, and I was like, yes. I'm, I'm like, just because she has different color eyes doesn't mean she's special. <laughs> she's not interesting. Yeah. God. Yeah. I just remember. <laughs> seeing Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time and because I didn't see it in theaters because I was like why would I want to see a dumb movie about pirates and then we rented it and I just remember being like oh Mm -hmm. this Will Turner character you say (laughs) yeah I think also though like that during that period of time I don't know that I actually was even that into Orlando Bloom but it was like that was 
what you were supposed to be into at that time. And so, like, honestly... I liked his hair a lot. Yeah, I mean, but I think he was not... Like, he was a little too quiet for me. Mm. I wrote him a letter once. Oh, God. I don't know that it ever got to him. See, for, for me, like, my true... If, like, I was honest about who I was really interested in, it's really Rupert Grunt. <laughs> like... <laughs> Even when he has that weird mushroom haircut in the sixth movie, still, interested. still interested. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, and I never liked that the nickname for Orlando Bloom was Orly. Uh, I have I never that. once heard that really? in my life. Maybe no. it was just in J fourteen. I guess I was missing out. Thanks a lot, Mom, <laughs> for not letting me read that. I think I only... I never read it. Oh. I just looked at the just poster and There insert. were posters in there. <laughs> and pictures I could cut out. I, like, went through multiple periods of having my walls just covered in stuff. Oh, same. Like, by the time I was a senior in high school, um, I had literally covered every inch of my walls in pictures. Yeah, me too. And my parents were like, Jesus, we're moving. Like, you've got to take all of this down. Yeah, no, I did that too. And it, like, frankly, like, probably my feng shui. Like, I must have had, like, a ton of anxiety and trouble sleeping during that time because my feng shui must have been terrible. Just people looking at you all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's also just clutter. Like, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, back to Wrinkle in Time. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see. What did I even say? Oh, I said, I also had glasses and braces, so I relate to Meg. (laughs) I also had a bad attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I was very docile as a kid. I mean, like, I was, I didn't, like, really get sassy until high school. Yeah. And I would say, like, sophomore year of high school. I was kind of a tomboy in elementary school. Like, I like to wear, like, biker shorts and, like, huge champion t-shirts. And my mom would be like, can you please wear a dress for this one thing? I wore exclusively limited, too, as a kid. I moved on to limited, too. Um, it must have been, like, toward the end of grade school. The Instagram post for this episode is going to be just gold. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, like, I'm already, like... Seeing myself in my limited to skirt set. Oh, God, yes. Me looking like a model. I should have taken a picture. I was looking this weekend for pictures when Marshall was a little, and there was one where I was like, yeah, that was a limited to whole outfit, where it was like, it even had like the, it was like a soccer shirt, but it had like the clips that you could like pin up the yeah. t-shirt on yeah. the side, because that was like a thing you were supposed to do yep. to be cool. Yep. And I had matching shorts. I was a big fan of the skort. Mm. As you should have been. Yeah. As I, you know, as I, like, I kind of still wish we had those. I'm not comfortable wearing a skirt that short if I don't have shorts under it. I mean, I usually wear, like, like, Spanx or something under skirts. I honestly, I haven't worn a skirt in a long time. It's winter, you know? It's cold. I'm walking across the Key Bridge. Can't do that. I also caught a look at my legs um in a mirror the other day like at the gym and I was like are they really that pale probably yeah they are the answer is yes yeah it's like the point where it's like you can see every pore where your legs hair like hairs go and you're like oh that's not a good look no don't like it yeah 
do not like. Yeah, well, my mom's very into spray tans, so. Hey, I mean, better than what we have. <laughs> yeah. Better, also better than going to a tanning bed. That's oh, like yeah, no, like, no, no, just no, no, like, no. Give yourself cancer. I got a facial when I was in New York for my birthday, and my lady, honest to God, said to me, she's like, you have a lot of moles. You should probably get checked for cancer. And I'm like, thanks. This is relaxing. They're not, like, raised moles. I thought they were only, like, trouble if they were, like, new or, like, I mean, weird looking. I mean, I should probably go to get checked, but, like, frankly, like, right now I'm here to relax, yeah. you know? But she was like, how often do you get your molds tested at the dermatologist? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, never. <laughs> like, I... This isn't your job. <laughs> no, you're an esthetician. Please just pop my pores. Yeah. Yeah, she gave me a lot of unwar- or um, unsolicited advice. Don't like that. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm happy to hear about how I can tell the difference between honey and fake honey. But <laughs> I don't know. And how to give myself a facial massage, which apparently is what, like, I told her that I was thinking about getting Botox um, for, like, my weird crease that I have here. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm probably have complained to you about it. Yeah. Okay, well, it. it's like this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she basically was telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it and I should just facial massage myself. And I'm Ooh. like, okay. That's nice. Yeah. I, probably I mean, I won't. have like wrinkles in my forehead because that's like how I show expression, which now I have bangs. So it's like, I'm just like wrinkling myself and nobody even well, sees my expression. I think that I must narrow my eyes at people a lot because that's what this is this is like a glaring also i think i don't see that well so i squint it's a squinting thing yeah Yeah. but it's like it's like a deep line that's like deep in there and i like would like to be rid of it but i I also see it now well you can feel it under the skin you know i don't know hey i mean i also have a lot of gray hair though like i just am old you know, mm-hmm. I just I mean, am looking I old. I acne scars, so cool. my my tooth my tooth is chipping like <laughs> on my birthday when I turned twenty six. So like my body's just telling me like you're old. It's over. It's old. You're over. Like you know, it's you're married, so who cares? Like right. you, you don't have to try. Um, today they tried to introduce me at the elementary school as Mrs. Schultz, and I literally went, "I'm not married." Oh my god! Please use Ms. I was like, "I'm Ms. Please," <laughs> or Miss. Don't love Miss, but like elementary I don't, school is I don't like, like that's miss. what they do. No, ask for Ms. I do usually. I I always use Ms. I'm married. I'm sorry. I'm not using Mrs. Yeah. It's none of your business whether I'm married or not. <laughs> so do you have anything else to say about a wrinkle? <laughs> yeah, because I don't have any other notes. <laughs> no, I actually do. Um. Who? Well, okay. So who is your favorite character? Oh right. Um, my favorite. Hmm? Well, again, like, I feel like we said nothing obvious. about this book. <laughs> I mean, we've talked, I mean, it's a children's book. Okay, That's well, like, who's your favorite character? Um, Mrs. Witch. Which one is that? She's the one who talks weird. Like, <laughs> she has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she stutters or something? Yeah. Why? Um, well, I like the Mrs. characters, because I feel like they're kind of different. They're fun. Um, is that who Reese Witherspoon is one of those? Yes. Which one? She's Mrs. Witch. Okay. Um, and I like her. Who's Oprah? Mrs. What's It. Okay. Which was the other one? Uh, Mindy Kaling is Mrs. Who. Oh, okay. So, I like, I don't know, I like Mrs. Witch because I feel like she's very straightforward. 
with the kids. Um, she tells them what they need. She is probably the most helpful, mm-hmm. maybe, of the witches or the ladies. Whatever they are, yeah. Of those entities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like her. And then and then probably Calvin would also be a favorite. Okay. I really like Charles Wallace. I love Charles Wallace. <clears throat> um, what a sweet boy. But I also, like, I'm a pretty big sucker for a precocious child. Oh, yeah. I feel kind of bad for her twin brothers. It's basically, like, later days. They're too normal. Yeah, they're boring. But I do love they're like, listen, Charles Wallace is going to have to chill out once he's at school. Like, obviously, we're going to punch anyone who tries to make fun of him. But, like, we can only do so much. I just, like, kind of wanted to picture them as Fred and George. But I'm like, don't yeah. be... Stop throwing them to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things also that, like to me, seem to have potentially inspired Harry Potter. Mm. For example, wrinkling is very similar to apparating. Yes. Also, the idea that the only thing that Meg has that it doesn't have is, is love. love. And that's like, the only mm. thing that can defeat it. I was yeah. like, we'll mm. see that come up again. Mm. <laughs> that's a... Con- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there are other things, too, though. Let's see. I think... Oh, what Charles can do is basically, like... Uh, legitimacy and occlumency. Mm-hmm. Charles Wallace, like, he can basically, like, look into people's minds and also block people out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. What's-It's also kind of like a Dumbledore. Like, I was, like, I was having, like, <laughs> almost, like, PTSD of, like, when Meg was getting sent into to go get Charles Wallace back. Yeah. And it was, like, yeah, like, Meg's got to do it. I'm, like, yeah, sure, the 12-year-old has to go do the very dangerous thing because none of the adults can do it. Sure. Yeah. Which, like, I know, I understand that that teaches, like, that children are strong and, like, you can do it and, like, you can help your friends, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a good message for kids, but it's also, like, I don't know how good it is to keep, like, showing adults, like, putting children into dangerous situations because they're the only ones who can save them. Like, how about children and adults working together? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I also very much like the um, Aunt Beast. Mm-hmm. She's another fave. Like, just what a relaxing part yeah. of the book that is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm worried about Charles Wallace and what's up with him, but, like, also, like, let me just be soothed by Aunt Beast's tentacles and fed delicious, gross-looking food. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, As opposed to gross, or delicious-looking food that tastes like sandpaper. Yeah. Or no, sand. No, thank you, please. Yeah. Um, I think Zach Galifianakis is just the guy with the red that. eyes. Yes. Creepy. Yeah, I mean, he is, like, that's not a, at all how I imagine that man, but, yeah. like, okay, I can, I yeah. can dig it. I can get down with that. Yeah. Um, I also like the idea that, like, no one on, let's see, how, how do you say it? Camazots? Sure. Camazots? Yeah. is ever like unhappy Mm -hmm. but basically like Meg sort of realizes that sometimes you have to be unhappy to realize how to be happy that's also that comes back in Inside Out that's a really good message we should watch Inside Out okay um you would really like it but like basically what Joy learns because she's always like telling sadness not to touch things also sadness is played by the woman who plays Phyllis in the office Uh. and so she's always like, sadness, like, stop touching things. Like, you're making memories 
because it's like they're in charge of also Riley's memories. And she's like, stop touching things. You're making some of her memories and some of her core memories sad. And then like later, there's like this imaginary character that's kind of lost in like the back of Riley's mind. And like Joy is always like, we have to be happy all the time. Like, don't say like sad things, say happy things. And you see that like sadness is actually able to empathize. So she's what's able to make um, both Riley and um, at that moment, this like imaginary friend feel better because she's like, oh, that must be really hard to feel that way. You know, I'm really sorry. And like joy can't do that. And so it's like you realize that like you need sadness and you also need joy and that it's like it's not wrong to be sad basically. It's just like, it's wonderful. It's such a good message for like, especially my favorite part of it though, is that it's like this little girl isn't choosing to feel the way that she's feeling. She can't help it. Yeah. And I think like a lot of, and even like, and that's brought in in A Wrinkle in Time where it's like, Meg, why can't you just basically make the choice to be better and try harder? Right. And it's not, it's not really that simple for her. Because it's just, like, she's got so much going on in her life. Well, and I think at, at this time in your life, too, like, your main objective when you're 13 is to fit in. Yeah. And so, like, Meg sort of says, like, you know, I am unhappy that I'm different, but I also don't want to just be like everybody else. Right. And so, like, there's sort of this complex thing where it's like, well you know, sometimes being different is hard, but it's also, like, which was the alternative is basically to be, like, this, like, terrible planet where you're bouncing balls at the same time and, like, mm-hmm. nobody has any feeling. Right. And um, I also like the idea that, like, just because things are all the same doesn't mean they're equal. Mm-hmm. Like, likeness is not the same as equalness. Yeah. Well, I also wonder how much of this book was meant to be kind of in conversation with communism. Because, like, that would have been something that was on people's minds at the time. Right. And this idea of, like, oh, yeah, like, everybody has the same, everybody's equal, and it's like, well... But, like, also are incredibly controlled by a dictatorship. Right. Yeah. But then also showing that, you know, as much as America values individualism and exceptionalism, we do the same thing but on, like, a different level where it's basically, like... In these institutions, we do want you to all be the same. Like, we just want you to be a happy child. Right. Like, we expect. Yeah. And, like, please stop feeling so many feelings all the time, Meg. Yeah. Um, so, I hate all this controversy over the fact that Meg is black in the movie. Yeah, like, literally, like, why would that... And it almost, like, it works just as well like I am better yeah because also like this book is all about basically like being different and like all of these different types of people are like what make the earth good Mm -hmm. so why would we not have a character that's a minority yeah right and also to have like not only is Meg feeling like she's different because she like learns in a different way but she's also a biracial child right and so, because her dad is Chris Pine in the movie. Right. And so it's like, so she's already feeling like this, this idea of like, um, like we read in Swing Time. Right. With, um, 
Tracy. Want to say, oh, yeah, I want to say Stacy. Oh. With Tracy and the narrator. I was like, I can't think of the narrator's name. It's because she never doesn't have it. one. Yeah. Um, they feel this, like, they, like, don't belong in either community. Because right. it's like, well, you're not really black, but you're also not really white. Right. And so, like, it almost works better that Meg would be kind of, like, in that mode of, like, I'm not either or. And then also, like, I'm not stupid, but I'm also, like, I can't learn that way. Right. And also, it never says, like, oh, this is a white family. And even if it did, like, who the fuck cares? Like, why is it a bad thing or weird or whatever to show, like, young black girls that they can be like Meg and, like, realize that their power is in their faults and they can feel what they need to feel? I just don't think it makes any no, and you negative can, impact. And why can't, like, the thing that bothers me is, like, and I think you hear this from, like, um, white men in particular, where it's like they're so used to seeing themselves reflected, yeah, that it's like unlike um people of color and women in general, they've never had to learn to empathize with other things, right. like um Kumail Nanjiani, who did the big sick, he like in at the Oscars, he had this thing, they did this thing about like diversity in film. And he was like, my favorite movies growing up and even kind of now are about straight white men. And I grew up looking up to straight white men. And so I don't really, it's not hard. So like people can grow up looking up to and having like people looking like me in their movies. Like straight white men can also look at me, a Muslim American, and empathize. It's not hard. I've been doing it literally my whole life. Because right. he had to. Like, there, he wasn't represented before. Right. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's like little kids who go see Black Panther. Like, you don't have to be black to be like, Black Excited Panther's about, awesome. Yeah. And I want to be like him. Right. So it's like, why the fuck do you care so much? Like, right. you can't let them have, like, a couple things. Or like yeah, yeah, you know, it's just better when it's diverse. It's nicer. Everybody feels included. I just also don't like. I don't think that. And this book, the spirit of this book, is about diversity, right? So why wouldn't you? And you know, maybe in the '60s that wouldn't have been like you. Maybe wouldn't have cast black people in the movie because of racism right but why wouldn't you if you're making a movie in 2018 why wouldn't you take full advantage of what you can really do with the film and have oprah be mrs what's it and mindy kaling be mrs who i mean we have no clue what those people look like no (laughs) it doesn't matter i mean (laughs) like those those girls like they they could have cast literally anyone in those roles because i have no concept of what they look like yeah, when people get upset about casting like that, I'm like, why is that what you want to spend your energy being upset about? And why does it affect you? Right. Or, like, even when people get upset that, like, superheroes, like, that Michael B. Jordan was cast in the Fantastic Four, it was like, why, why were people upset about that? Because he's not black in the comics. Oh, my God. And it's like, why is that something that you're choosing to devote your energy to being upset about. He's a great actor. Also, though, like, I don't know. I just, I just think that's dumb. Because, frankly, too, like, it's not, like, actors are usually not cast based 
on appearance. Like, they should be cast based on, like, spirit of yes. the role. And, and also, Michael B. Can... Jordan was like, I read comic books. Like, he <laughs> knew more about, like, the Fantastic Four than most of the white actors. And they were still like, no, we don't want him in our, in our movie. And, that, I mean, it was a bad movie. But I, I never saw it. I saw that. But it was like, he's such a great actor. He, did you, you saw his seasons in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Vince. Yeah. And also in Parenthood. Yep. He's such a talented person. He's also excellent in Black Panther. Sweeping He deserves Angel. everything that he's Still getting. haven't seen Black Panther. It's good. I've seen it twice now. I'll see it again. <laughs> I'm going out of town for two weeks. Maybe my mom will see it with me. Who knows? Does something move in your drink? Yeah, my ice is melting, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, I also am really excited to see the Wrinkle in Time movie. Like, mm-hmm. I probably will try to see that when I'm home with my mom, maybe, because I think that'd be fun to see. Yeah. I'm really, I just feel like visually, this book would lend itself so well to film. Like, because they yeah. could do so much. Well, I also feel bad. So, um, this movie, like, I saw a tweet where it was like Black Panther beats out wrinkle in time at the box office and somebody like crossed it out and said um two black directors are currently number one and two at the box office yes. there I fixed it for you yes. like whatever magazine um and I was listening to this podcast pop rocket where they were talking about um a wrinkle in time and basically they were like I mean it's kind of almost like a representation of black history month where it was like they put out black panther and a wrinkle in time really close together because they didn't anticipate Black Panther being so popular. Mm. They, they thought it would be a big movie. And I think, and like, di- I mean, they're both Disney movies. So it was right. like, they thought that Black Panther would be like, you know, whatever. And then they thought that A Wrinkle in Time would do well too. So they put them fairly close together. But Black Panther made a billion dollars in like less than a month. And so it was just, it became such a phenomenon because it was like such a great movie and also just like so powerful. And it was like Wrinkle in Time then had to compete with that, which wasn't really their intention or fair. They're also not really <clears throat> the same audience. I mean, like, did no. anyone ever expect Wrinkle in Time to beat out Black Panther? Because like, Well, I think they thought Black Panther, because they came out almost a month apart. And so I think they thought Black Panther would be kind of dwindling. Okay. And so it would be like, yeah, Black Panther is going to dominate the box office for the first couple of weeks. But okay. by the time Wrinkle in Time comes out, that will be the big thing. Yeah. Because Black Panther came out, like, right after um, Valentine's Day. Okay. And Wrinkle in Time didn't come out until, like, March 11th or something. But Black Panther was still, like, kicking ass by around that time. Yeah. I think it only it just got beat last weekend at the box office. By Wrinkle in Time. By Pacific Rim, which somebody was like... What is that? It's um, it's a sequel to a movie that Guillermo del Toro directed like a couple of years ago with Idris Elba. The oh. sequel has... Is Idris in the sequel? He's not. Okay, well then it, useless. Not don't, seeing it. Don't want to see it. Don't care. God, we haven't talked about him in a while. Miss I was him. just <laughs> thinking about that in the car ride over. There was something that made me think of Idris Elba and I was like, I haven't brought him up on the podcast in so long. You know, I've just been in a mourning period because he's, like, engaged and stuff. And Yeah, I know. I don't want to talk about him. I will say, though, that I thoroughly enjoy his social media presence. It's Me too. insane. It's bizarre. <laughs> he's like the Britney Spears of Britain. <laughs> Not really at all. Um, but um, I've been... So, since I finished Wrinkle in Time yesterday, because um, the shows that I downloaded on Netflix didn't actually go through, so I had nothing to do except read Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. which was frankly fine. And it was an hour flight, so whatever. But um, 
I just started this book called 1977, I think. And it's a British um, cop book, basically. It's It's the sequel to another book that I had read in college that I really liked. Oh my god, my my foot is so asleep and it's really hurting me. That's horrible. So, um, I'm just like, that's why I'm like moving around like really <laughs> weird. Um, but anyway, it reminded me of Luther and made me excited for when the heck is that next season coming out? God knows, it'll probably be one episode too. Like, the, the seasons <laughs> just get shorter and fucking shorter. My I favorite... Know. All I can say is Alice better not fucking be dead. I don't think she is. Um, I don't think she is. I just love that all the time when he's shooting Luther, it's always like, he's like, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at work. All of you at home. <laughs> She's like Love in his him. like little beanie with his no. brown coat. Yeah. He's, oh he's a delight. Um, yeah. And I also, I started, wait. I started a new British procedural to fill the void of mm. Luther not being around. And, um, Marce- Marcella. Oh, Marcella. okay. Marcella is, would be the, um, Italian way of saying it. So that's, she corrects. So like, I was like, Marcella. And then she's like, actually, it's Marcella in the episode. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I started that one. I think that's going to be pretty good. Karen from My Favorite Murder really liked it. Yes. Which is why I had it on my Netflix list. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to watch Broadchurch for a while. Oh my God, me too. We should it. watch it at the same time and Ooh, okay. um, text during it. Because my mom, literally, every single time that I see my mom she's like brings up broad church and then I, every time i'm like mom i haven't seen it and then she says what how have you not seen broad church i can't believe you how is this possible i'm like mom i've told you this like literally every single time i see you she just can't can't get over it but she says um the scottish is it scottish i think this mm-hmm. it's a scottish version it's david Tennant. You, you might need to watch it with subtitles i'm like mom i lived in scotland for a year i think i can handle it but um Sometimes I put the subtitles on on Luther because they're all such fucking mumblers. Sometimes I don't know that it would help me though because sometimes I just don't know the slang. Yeah, which is what's happening I'm with me in that like, book. What did you just say? Usually you can just get the spirit of it, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just wish. I wish the new Luther season was on though. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, and we'll probably have to wait for it to air and then go on Netflix. Oh, you're probably right. So. My new thing, which is like, this is lame, but I've been watching Animaniacs, the cartoon, before, <laughs> before bed. Because I it would is... never have, I would never have ever guessed <laughs> that you watched Animaniacs. So, speaking of something that was written for children, but like really has a lot of jokes that are only for adults. Yeah. Um, that show is that. Also, I loved Pinky and the Brain as a child. No, you did not. Yes. Oh my god, I hated that show. Oh my god, I loved that. I hated how Pinky talked. Well, I like Brain. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's conquer the world. Yeah. Pinky is getting in the way. Yeah. But, Russell um, loved Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> I loved Pinky and the and Brain. And Animaniacs, and I was like, no. I like them. Um, but it's been, like, basically I found that when I watch it, it, like, transports me back to childhood and I literally immediately feel sleepy nice. and they're like 20 minutes long and so like I don't even have to take melatonin these days which like Great. for a while there I was like definitely dosing hard on the melatonin <laughs> Brendan calls it tones like he's like you taking tones tonight <laughs> like maybe <laughs> we'll see yeah we act like it's like we're dropping acid together right. or something yep. like <laughs> which like I never knew like is acid something you actually put in a droplet on your tongue or is it just a tab who knows I think clearly, it could be either way. Clearly, I, I was gonna know. say it was like something that you put like a drop, like you like it's like a sometimes like a piece of paper. 
that you'll like like let dissolve on your tongue? I don't. I mean, honestly, I just don't know much about. But I drugs. think I might just be thinking of in True Blood when they take V. What is V? V is vampire blood, which becomes a drug for regular humans, which is that is like adjacent to acid. Okay, I never saw True Blood. I watched all of Vampire Diaries, like literally to the effing end. True Blood, I love. True um, Blood is the HBO version, right? Yeah, the first so two sexier. seasons are the first season. Like, it's, it, I will I will say if you can get through like the first episode without being like this show is just like naked people, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. There's definitely a lot of that going on there, and some of it's like pretty gross. Okay. Um. But it's kind of a fun show. It's just like about Louisiana. What was and the, the show? Vampires in there. There's a show I was watching that I'm like, the sex is just gross in this. I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, it's girls. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, that that's exactly what it is. And um, you know, have you watched the episode where her and Elijah take cocaine yet? Yes. Yeah. Sure have. I think. It's the one where they, like, go to the club together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I have. And she puts on, like, a, a mesh, mesh shirt. Top. Yep, I did yep. see that one. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. It's... I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, a little too close to home, maybe? Yeah. I will say watching, like, some of the later seasons, like, when I was in college, I was like, I don't understand. Like, I, I didn't fully, like, get it, I feel like. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is very real i also think both of us have our lives much more together than any of the characters on this show so it's like yeah but i but i also but i also feel what they're feeling sometimes well and like we're, we're also dealing with stuff like paying rent when you're underpaid and like mm-hmm. and stuff like that well there's a it might be season three where hannah gets a job like she gets like a pretty decent job at like gq basically writing ads not there yet um and she like is very worried about being able to also be creatively fulfilled at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Because she, like, still wants to be a writer. So she does that so she can, like, live. But it doesn't have to work at a fucking, like, coffee house anymore. Yeah. But some, yeah, sometimes now I watch that and I'm like, okay, I'm doing fine, I guess. Yeah, I know. I think we are doing fine. Really, like, <laughs> genuinely, I really think we are. Um, yeah. Well, right, well. I mean, that's, like, really all I have to say about Ringle on Time. I honestly might read the next. Oh, actually, let me just stop. Mm. First of all, there are two things. Number one, um, I also thought that it wrapped up way too quickly. I agree. Like, I like I felt like there should have been, like, two more chapters. Uh, Yeah. It's like she gets Charles Wallace back, and then um, they're back with their mom, and bye. I was like, n- no. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I just sort of felt like that was... Like, I sort of felt like maybe we could have used, like, 50 more pages in this book. Yeah. Maybe. You know, like, it just... 50 more pages. It just felt, like... Well, there's a lot of Everything setup, felt very... And then quick. all of a sudden it's like, all right, done. Well, and her fighting IT is so quick. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically, she's like, love! And, it, like, it just goes too fast. It's too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Because I remember when they were talking about, like, sending her there, I was like, there are probably ten pages left of this book. 
How is that possible? I thought that we, we were we must be ending on a cliffhanger. Mm. Was what I thought. Like okay. I thought she was gonna arrive there, and then we weren't gonna know what was gonna happen, and we would have to buy the next book. Oh, which like. But I don't. I know that I never read any, and so I was like, well, I know that it didn't end on a cliffhanger because I know that I felt satisfied with the ending. Yeah, enough that I didn't need to find the next book. I was big into series as a kid. Mm-hmm. I liked the I idea didn't even of a think series. I knew that it was a series though until I was older. It's a quintet. Yes, which I like that about oh, it. I like five too. It's mm-hmm. my lucky number. Um, <laughs> it's my numerology number. Um. What did you give it on Goodreads is the other thing. Um, it was already rated for me. <laughs> oh. Um, so when I first joined Goodreads, I must have been like, yeah, Wrinkle in Time. Loved it as a kid. Five. Okay. Did you so change I your rating? I didn't because I felt like I gave it a five because when I was a kid, I really loved it. And I felt like it was unfair to like rate it down to like a three or a four just because I'm older and like didn't feel like it was like as much for me anymore. Okay. I gave it a four. Okay. I think I liked it better than you, though, from, like, the vibe I'm getting of our conversation. I mean, I really liked it, but I, like, a lot of the time, and I also kind of read it pretty quickly. Okay. But I remember, like, while I was reading it, I was kind of like, I know I would have really liked this as a kid, but I just feel like it's a little too young for me now. But I'm excited to see the movie. Yeah. Because I feel like if it were more visual, like, I wouldn't feel as aged out of it as I did. Yeah. I'm also glad to have read it right before the movie because now I'm going to have a good comparison. Yeah, so at first I didn't want to do that. I wanted to see the movie, so I wasn't, like, comparing it. But now I'm glad that I read it so I have, like, a background. Yeah. And I also think that the book lends itself to be adapted pretty nicely. And so, like, basically anything that they add to it, I'll be like, oh, this is just, like, nice. This is nice a nice addition to, like, world building. I feel like there's going to be some more world building because there really isn't that much in well, this also, book. also, like, sorry, but Reese Witherspoon and Oprah Winfrey wouldn't be in that movie for what their parts are in the book. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For <laughs> They're sure. going to need a little more to do. For sure. They're not going to fly to New Zealand for that. For sure. Which is where they filmed it. Okay. That's on my bucket list to go there. Me too. New Zealand. It just seems so nice. It does seem very nice. Um, well, we will be taking next week off because I will be in San Francisco. Um, I'll be with my family for Easter. Oh yeah. Didn't you have an Easter story you wanted to tell? I did. Um, well, cause Easter is this weekend. Yes. Happy Easter, everyone. Yes. Welcome back, Jesus. (laughs) So my Easter story was just going to be that, um, my little brother was baptized on Easter. Oh, like everyone. Yeah. And he was two. Okay. Oh God. Um, mostly my parents kind of forgot about baptizing him, I think. Because we'd pretty much given up the charade of going to church altogether. Okay. And, but my grandma got really upset and she's like, he's going to be getting married soon. We are like, he's no, two. No, he's not. <laughs> he's two. He is not but, like the girl in the wolf book. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but so my parents were like, all right, we'll get him baptized. It's going to make Charlotte happy. And so then we had to go to church like as a ruse for like weeks to pretend like we were becoming part of the congregation. I'm sorry, but you can like you should be able to baptize your child even if your parents are heathen. Well, I think it was like more because my parents were embarrassed. Okay. And then like I remember so we baptized him on Easter, so it was like killing two birds with one stone. And then um my dad the next weekend was like, Alright, like who's ready to go to church Sunday? And I literally said I thought we were just doing that because <laughs> Marshall was getting baptized and we didn't want to look bad. And my dad said, yeah, but we don't want them to know that. But we still, we stopped going 
going to church. To the point where I don't know that Marsha was really in a church again until one of my uncle's funerals and then at my grandmother's <laughs> funeral. Because when we walked into the Episcopal church, he was like, who's that on that cross? And we were like, Are that'd you? be Jesus. And Russell and I had to explain to him that, like, yes, Jesus did actually live, but it's, like, up to you if you believe in, like, the Christian teaching of, like, Jesus' life, but he objectively existed. And Marsha was like, I'm not sure. That he existed? And even Russell, who's, like, pretty much an atheist, was like, no, 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 like, he did objectively live. Historically, this happened. But there's, there are disputes as to whether or not, like, he did the things that people say he did mm-hmm. marshall's like whatever yeah um lent is almost over for me as as a practicing catholic yeah. um big into it um i mean i wouldn't say i'm big i'm a california catholic which is like but you go to church every sunday i do so i mean but like you would never know no, by looking at me you're pretty chill i'm a chill catholic for sure um i will say i like so I was, I mean, like, quote-unquote raised Episcopalian, mm-hmm. um, which is basically, like, Catholic light. Yeah, I mean, I will say that, like, I think that, like, it's, like, Catholic without the um, imbued guilt. Mm-hmm. And I think especially being Irish Catholic, yeah, it's, like, it's just its own thing. Like, there's a difference between Italian and Irish Catholic, Yeah, I think. My cousins are Italian Catholic. Yeah. Um, we just are more guilty. But I just, I, I think there's more of a ceremony to... Um, the Episcopal and Catholic Church, like it seems a lot more formal sometimes. And the I like Catholic that. Church or the Episcopal Church or both. Both. Okay. I mean, like in As comparison to, to like Lutheran and Baptist okay, 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 and okay, like yeah. that kind of stuff, which seems a lot more like ministers who are just like vibing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. If this is the time for this. I like. I definitely have you know my qualms with the church like for example i'm not a huge fan of how they handled the priest molestation crap not 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 a fan of that um also not a huge fan about you know the general teachings on women Mm -hmm. or um you know birth control for example but um it's definitely been i like the tradition of it Mm -hmm. and i like it's been a comfort to me Mm -hmm. and like i do i do pray Mm-hmm. you know sometimes and I like I kind of enjoy well I go to church every Sunday and like I feel good about going to church I don't necessarily like look forward to it but you know I do it and yeah it's part of the deal Brendan loves church <laughs> Brendan is like uh Brendan's Boston Catholic which is different than California mm-hmm. Catholic so last Easter <laughs> we had like my ideal kind of Catholic mass it's we went um to this church that's right on Lake Tahoe so like the windows all look out on the lake mm-hmm. and then they had like a folk band that like played Perfect. you know Christian songs and then um they handed out wildflowers for us to like or wildflower seeds to like spread beauty throughout the world and nice. I'm like that's yeah that's what Jesus wanted mm-hmm. um whereas I went to Brendan's Boston Catholic Church um on Palm Sunday this year and it was like doom and gloom. Yeah. Like it was like most of you guys will probably be in hell or at least purgatory for a long time and um <laughs> Brendan Awesome. Yeah. Brendan um I guess went to a mass where like the message was that like you are responsible for keeping your spouse out of hell. And he Whoa. was like, he was like, I have my work cut out. <laughs> like, he's like, you're not making it easy. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> 
I was like, if I have to spend a little bit more time, you know, in purgatory, that's fine. You know, you wait up there for me. Yeah. And, you know, doing whatever fun stuff you get to do up in heaven. But, you know what, I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. And frankly, like, you know, Mary Magdalene is my saint name. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, I never said I didn't make mistakes. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that was our, um, Jesus corner mm-hmm. for the moment. Religion time. Yeah. Um, Happy Easter. Easter. He is risen. Yep. Almost. Right now he's, um, so I think Friday mm-hmm. he's, uh, or Thursday, Friday on the third day he rose again. So which day is he crucified? I don't know. Not sure. You're asking the wrong person. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's in the apostle thing, isn't he? Isn't it? The apostles prayer. Yeah, but I'm, like, just trying to think, like, so, like, on the third day, he rose again. Isn't it Good Friday he rose? Or, no, no, no. He, no, he rises no, on Easter he, Sunday. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, I guess is like, he crucified on Good Friday? Friday, Saturday. But, and like, I guess Sunday I guess my rises. question is, like, is he dead three full days and then comes back the fourth day? Or is it, like, on the, on, like, is he dead Friday, <laughs> dead Saturday, comes back Sunday? Shoot, I should know this. I don't know. It's kind of like, are Years we going on three school. or I mean, this <laughs> after is... <laughs> three? <laughs> That's the question. I mean, this is also like my challenge with like calendars, my own calendar and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, how many days is this trip? Not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. And we have to pick a new book. Not sure what it is right now. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't tell it. you what the next book is because this book only took us a week. So normally it's like books take us like a few weeks. So we are also thinking about like in the last week of reading the one book, we'll think about the other one. This, this also, one, to give credit where credit was due, this was five days because we recorded like Wednesday. Yeah. And then I also we recorded... bought this book Saturday, so. Yeah, so. I really, I mean, I don't want to brag too much because the font was enormous. Oh my God, the font. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the only thing that to me made it seem like a kid's book was that this font is like literally mm-hmm. 14 mm-hmm. or 16 even. I mean, it was big. <laughs> it was pretty large. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, yeah, we'll be thinking. So, I mean, if you have any books, like, you're really wanting us to do, uh, I know my friend Jess McCune, a lot of her ability to read along with us, she's basically, so she's living in Georgia right now, Georgia the country. Not the state. Not the state. So when we look at I love Jess. (laughs) When we look at our podcast, like, geographic distribution, the 7% that's in Georgia is Jess. We love you. She reads along. And Which, like, like she gets the ebooks listener. from the Columbus Library, and so it's like when we pick books that are like basically too hot, she can't get them right away. Oh, so you think Wrinkle in Time's too hot? She's definitely low on the waiting list on that one. She told me that because she was like, "Will you tell me some of your books in advance so I can uh. place them on the waiting list now?" Um, oh God, so I, I mean, Jess might not be listening to this episode yet, but like, if you guys have books that you're really wanting us to do. You could message us on Facebook or give us a text message or send us a tweet or something. Um, yeah. Because we're definitely open for suggestions right now. My friend Alexis sent me a book suggestion, but she would like to guest on the episode. So, like, oh. I don't know. Like, we need to kind of, you know, coordinate sure. that later. But yeah. um, she also um, live texted me while she was listening to the Harry Potter episode. She was listening to the first Harry Potter. So, okay. um, shout out to that. Also, shout out. Um, I forgot to give this weeks ago um, to my friend Charlotte, who was also live texting us about mm-hmm. um, Call Me By Your Name. Yes. So thank, thank you guys you, for listening. We really appreciate the engagement. 
Did I say thank you to my cousin Caitlin for texting me? No. Okay. Thank you to Caitlin. Love you. Best cousin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hope Rachel and Lauren didn't hear that. They don't listen. Okay. Well, Uh, Lauren listens to the Harry Potter episodes. Okay. All right. Good. Um, But yeah. So thanks for listening, Caitlin. Love you. Yeah. My cousin Kara does listen and she, she um, gives, gives good text feedback. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if that shout out corner didn't make you want to text us all the time. Yeah. I don't know what will. Review and subscribe. Yeah. Do that. (laughs) Okay. Right. Well, I mean, we sounded like we were signing See you on off the other side. literally days ago. This is like but... when we, I talk on the phone <laughs> with my mom. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.